Peace, peace, family. Peace. Peace. We are back. This is another episode, the first episode of the new year, of the Gregorian calendar. Pastor Minds of Brother Shemel. I have with me a special guest, Sheik Denim Ill. He's the author of this book, Handbook, the Handbook of Morse Degrees, of Morse Degrees and Mysteries. We're going to get into this book. We're going to get into the story of Sheik Denimil. And I Islam. thank everyone for coming in. Islam. Islam, Sheik. Islam. You. Welcome to the welcome to the um show. Welcome thank to the podcast. Yes, sir. Um for the audience, for the listening audience and the viewing audience, if you can just give a, a brief um introduction to who you are and some of the things um you're currently involved in and what you do. Sorry. It's long, y'all. It's long. First, first, I'd like to rise, giving praise to Allah, giving honors to our holy and divine prophet, Noble Juwali, giving honors to each and every one of you here. Thank you for being here. I would like to thank the brother Shem El, Sheikh Shem El, for having me here um, to share about the book, to speak about the book. Um, I'm from Syracuse, New York, Sheikh Denimel, Syracuse, New York. Um, currently, I'm a mental health worker. I work, for, you know, working in the field of mental health. I've also created and formed my own mental health therapeutic intervention called cognitive interventive therapy. Um, I currently am also a director for what we know as the Mary Nelson Resource Center. Um, we do food pantries. We give out food to the, to the poor. We also do things with youth, um, after school programs, um, anti-violence, anti-poverty programs. The eradication of poverty is our goal. We know that that's a a hefty goal, but you know that's something that we, you know, that we push for because hope is something that we have. And we continue to utilize. Um, tonight, I'm just honored to be here, um, and I thank the brother for allowing me to be here again. And that's just a little bit about me. Um, you know, I, I'm not much to, I'm not, I'm not much to talk about myself. Um, I'm more or less to just get into information and, and just kind of build. So, thank you, brother. Islam, indeed, Islam. So, I want to just kind of just jump into it um because you you're we had a conversation before this and your your story, your your journey is very interesting you, you said some things that um i think can be shared and can be inspiring because mm -hmm. you you've definitely done a lot um i want to kind of first go into basically how did you first come into the knowledge of Prophet Noble Drali and the knowledge of, of more science, if you can give people that information. Well, first, I got knowledge itself in 1980. I was 12 years old, 5% um, nation. And that journey, it was two things that I took off that journey. And one was always show and prove and never take anything on face value. So that taught me to thirst for research and to appreciate the ability to research and to never take things on face value which continue to make you research. That's something that I took from the 5% nation, something that I still stand on, something that is very um, pertinent and transitioned to, into all aspects of my life. So anything I do, I always try to show and prove, and I never take anything on face value. Understand what I mean? So um, along the journey, and I've sat many halls of learning, I've sat many schools, passed through many schools, and through those times of in my journey, which I'm still on the journey as well, but on my journey in those early years, 
I've, I've seen the Prophet Noble Jawali many times, and I just thought he was a mason. I didn't have any understanding of really what I was dealing with. I kind of just passed right by him many times, but he kept popping up. Um, he kept popping up. So by like 1996, 1997, I began to venture into having a better understanding of Noble Jawali, the Prophet. And um, out of my research, I began to see some correlations about some things. Some questions was answered for me that other schools didn't answer. See, one thing about me is, is that um, I'll, you know, I'll sit in a school. I'm willing to learn where there's learning. I'm willing to learn. But once I begin to find loopholes and begin to find, you know, contradictions or certain falsehoods or things that just don't work or just don't add up, then I'll move on. Um, I won't I won't criticize. I'll, I'll just move on. Um, so I came across the prophet and. Um, through. Also through a gentleman named CM Bay. This is the this is the mid nineties, the early to the mid nineties, and um, this is what I first encountered in what I thought was more science was CM Bay works. And um, as time progressed on in reading and understanding, I remember one thing CM Bay said is that he rejected all isms, especially his own religion, Islamism. So when I began to study the Prophet Noble Ali and seeing that Islamism was our religion, it took me back to CM Bay, and I recognized that that wasn't what was right and exact for me. So, you know, the school of thought, I learned from it and um, I gained understanding, but that wasn't what was what it was. So pretty much um, I found a prophet, man. And um, that was around 2000, that was around 99, 2000. And then 2003, I was made a divine teacher slash um, a divine teacher, chic. The, the language was divine teacher. I was anointed. I was anointed and appointed a divine teacher under uh, under my grand sheik, grand sheik Henry Bay. Grand sheik Henry Bay was from 957 East 75th Street. He had a temple in Long Beach, New York, um, but he was originally from 957 957 957 East 75th Street, something like that. And he was all he was on the register with um, a couple of other Moors from that from that time at the temple. I think Brother Timothy Dingle. It was. He was one of those on that register as well. So that was my Supreme Grand Sheik in 2003. We had the first temple in Syracuse, New York, temple number 18. And then 2004, I went off to Africa and came, then I came back and I was no longer under the control of that temple. I had, I had relinquished it to my assistant Grand Sheik at that particular time. And then um, came back. And then from 2004 until, what is it? 2017, from 2004 to 2017, I really wasn't involved in any temple per se, um, like a member of any temple, but I was still associated in helping others open and close temples and doing work with other members of temples and other moors and so on and so forth. And that's pretty much how it went for some years. And then 2017, I got with a brother, Grand Sheik Joseph Young Bay, Grand Sheik is Yolanda Young Bay when they moved to Syracuse, New York, and I assisted them, um, helped them to um, establish the temple and, and, and build it up from 2017 to 2023. And in 2023, I, I relinquished all of my, um, all of my uh, positions, stepped down, abdicated myself and came back into society into the streets where I do my best work as an angel, as an, as a missionary. Um, so that's currently what I'm, where I'm at right now at this point. 
Islam, Islam. Now, you, I don't want to jump over something you mentioned about Africa because you and I had the conversation about Africa. Mm -hmm. um, you stated that while you was in Africa, we had the conversation that you actually had a had a show, you had a TV yeah. show, and you yeah. and you had the opportunity to um, do lectures and things about that. Can you can yeah. you speak to that? Yeah, in South Africa, I had a show. I was on a show called. I had my own. I had my own time on a show called Channel Islam. Channel Islam was a show that was a radio show that was played for a, probably about 1.3 million listeners at that particular time. And um, I had my own show, which spoke about, you know, Muslims, quote unquote, African-Americans in Islam, you know, Islamic history in North America, so on and so forth. So I taught a lot about Prophet Noble Jawali. Um, I took Prophet Noble Jawali into the mosque many different mosques in South Africa while the time I was there. I was challenged many times because I didn't acknowledge right off that Prophet Muhammad, quote unquote, was my prophet, even though I acknowledged him as a prophet. I didn't I never acknowledged him as a last prophet, which bothered some of them, but you know, they they couldn't um they really did they really couldn't fight because I was so swift with Quran with their with the with the book to show and prove my stance as well as other things. So I also have my own house. Um, I ran an ibogaine clinic. Ibogaine is an, a natural herb that we were using to break heroin, natural heroin, like break heroin addictions. In 24 hours, it would break the addiction. Um, it was an herb that we imported from Cameroon into South Africa, and that we used it for medicinal purposes. They're they're trying to use it now in 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 America right now for heroin and opiates. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, man, I taught martial arts while I was there. Um, I did I did a couple of lectures at a couple of different um, festivals, what they were called Sultan Bayet Feats. These were Islamic festivals. And um, I did a couple of lectures and spoke to about 20,000 Muslims. Um, you know, so yeah, you know, it was, it was interesting. Islam, Islam. So in, with that said, with your experience, what was like the one of the key things you took away from that, your ability to um, spread the word about Prophet Noble Drali and get to speak to other Muslims from other different parts of the world? Well, what I learned is, is that some Muslims were more receptive to the message that I brought than others. Also, what I learned is, is that you can't change people I mean, you know, my, my job isn't to change anyone, but what I notice is, is that when a person is diehard on what they believe, um, if someone comes along and shatters their belief and not not doing it intentionally, but what, what that person may hear challenges their own belief system, that is where, you know, you may run into some cognitive dissonance because the person may not be able to stand on the fact that what they've been living for the last 60 or 70 years is not the truth and that something else is ringing a parent in their soul that, you know what, I've been lied to or that, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know, I don't know the absolute truth or I haven't learned what I thought I knew or so on and so forth. That causes a person to react in a, you know, in a particular type of way, you know what I'm saying, which would be a way that would be um, sometimes dysfunctional. Of course, it's going to be um, opposing to your to your information. So, you know, but that's anywhere you go. But also that people were very receptive 
to the history of us and Islam in America, especially Malcolm X and all of those things. But, you know, when I brought up Prophet Nubuali and nationality, you know, that was a big issue because, you know, my thing was in the mosque, they, they, they kept discussing the fact that we're Muslims. And my thing was, well, you know, what's your nationality? Well, brother, um, I'm Bangladesh. You know, I'm from, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Bangladeshi or I'm, I'm, I'm a Paki or, you know what I'm saying, I'm Hindu or so on and so forth. Why does that matter? You know I mean, you know, we are, you know, we are believing the law, blah, blah, blah. Well, it matters because Allah Ta'ala has given us nationality. He's the creator of nationality. You understand what I'm saying? In the Quran, that's a criteria to be a part of humanity. It's nationality because Allah created nations and tribes, therefore that you may know one another. You know what I'm saying? So therefore, that was something that they, that they, you know, they were bothered by because everything I said, I, I used the Quran to, to back it. Um, and, they, you know, that was where their argument was coming in. And they were trying to use scholars and all this other stuff. And my thing is, you can use the scholars, but that's not what the Quran says. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's pretty much where it was at. Indeed. Indeed. I like the fact that you, you said about where it says in the Quran that Allah made us into nations and tribes that we mm -hmm. may know each other. Like that's that's so clear. That's Kitab Allah. That's the word yeah. of Allah. Yeah. And, they were 49, 13. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yet they'll try to push another narrative to make us um, overlook that because we're the ones who had our nationality taken from us. Exactly. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so with that and understand that the prophet gave us back our nationality um, through the more science temple of America, we know that tomorrow um, for those many, many of our audience knows some don't that tomorrow marks the day uh, on the Gregorian calendar where Prophet Noble Dre Ali was born. He was born in the year 1886, January 8th. Um, what would you say is the most important thing or the most significant uh, aspect of what Prophet Noble Dre Ali means to you? Salvation. Salvation. Indeed. The prophet, the prophet is our, is our, is our patriarch. He's our founding father. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? We're his children. You know what I'm saying? And to me, he simply means salvation, man. He has delivered us from salvation, from harm, from ruin, from loss, with the establishing of our nationality and our divine creed. You know what I mean? So that's what he means to me. Indeed. Indeed. Praise Allah. And so with that, I want to take us to, to your book. Uh, I want to just read the the back cover, it says, the purpose of this book is to enhance and provoke thought of the Moorish American Muslim and for any who are on their own personal journey seeking the truth, this book is just a minute piece in the puzzle of self-realization. Um, you've written a number of books. Um, I, there's a number of books I have to get. I have this book and also uh, I was looking for, I couldn't find it, but the divine creed of a moral scientist. I got that one as well. This particular book that we're going to speak on today, what inspired you to write this book? Allah, man, I, I don't, I really don't have an answer for that. <laughs> like I was just, I just started writing it. 
that's how all my books happen. I just I'm sitting down. You know, I used to work nights at my job. I used to have a job where I work nights, and all my books was written after midnight. It's just for some reason, man. After you know, working nights, you know, from 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 five to you know six in the morning or something like that. From you know eight till eight in the morning or whatever. Usually around twelve, between twelve and four o'clock in the morning. I was I was just always you know sitting in silence. I, thoughts just come, and I'm sitting in front of a computer. I just start typing. Islam. That's it. Islam. You you know you, you as simple as that's as stated, there's a lot of deep science with that. Within no hours after midnight, particularly like three three in the morning, where that inspiration comes in, and you you open you tapping into that specific um portal, if you will. You know, yeah, and you're 100 percent correct. It's a portal. The portal yes. is open in them hours. Absolutely. Can you speak? Can you elaborate on that for, for the audience? Well, the universe works in a, in a particular type of way. You know, Islam teaches us many things. There's many mystical things in Islam. If you understand what's being said, it's, it's not necessarily religious or necessarily necessarily literal. It may have something to do with an esoterical meaning, which is relating to your own self. See, all, anything esoteric is really relating to the individual. It's just it's just signs and symbols back to the to the to the individual. You know, every prophet, especially Jesus, who was a who was a master of esoteric parables and so on and so forth, all he did was relate you back to yourself, as all prophets do. So you you know, sitting in quietness, sitting in silence, sitting you know, with, not by a stream. You know, Jesus said by the flowing stream and meditated. Well, I'm sitting in silence and I'm meditating as well. But the flowing stream is not a physical water stream; it's a frequency that now is at a, at a higher peak because it's at a, it's at a lower base. The Quran or in, in, in Islam, they teach you that Allah Ta'ala comes down to the lower heavens after a certain certain time. You know, he comes down to the lower heavens and, and, and hears the prayers and so on and so forth. That's necessary. That's talking about the, the universal portal that's that's open at that time where things can go in and get done. You know what I'm saying? And, and be received and, and they return. You know what I'm saying? So it's just the science of understanding that night and day. See, the prophet said by night and by day. And it's the science behind that. Because he's not looking at these as just, you know, um, astronomical things, night and physical night and day. But also, as I said in, in my book, night and day are senses. Absolutely. You understand what I mean? They are relating to senses, man. You know what I'm saying? Because there's things that happens by night and there's things that happen by day. But by night, symbolically, by night is talking about your mind being under the subconscious and your, your meditation is at work. And by day is when you're just under time and space, where time and space has its limitations upon you. But by night, time and space doesn't have a limitation. It's not. Quote, unquote. So by night could even be in the day. Indeed. If you're in the right state of mind. You understand what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you said that, you also brought into mind um Leilatu Kadri, night of power. You know, that when Prophet Muhammad he received the heavens. Exactly. Right. So that, that ties right back into what you just said, man. Absolutely. It's it's true indeed. 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 So um, 
getting into that night by day because you just dropped that and that's in your book. You go into that. Getting into the title. We just talk about Moorish degrees and mystery um, for the audience and giving your measure of understanding. What is a degree and what is a mystery? A degree is a consecrated, just like the book says, you know, the book describes to you what a degree is. A degree is something that is attained, you know what I'm saying, by a person from an undergoing any type of particular study or a course of study or some type of ritual rite, some type of, you know what I'm saying, course, basically some type of school, and you, you're consecrated a degree. Or a degree is also something that can reveal something to you. A mystery is something that is unknown. It is only unknown because it's unknown. That's why it's a mystery. You know what I'm saying? Once it's known, it's no longer a mystery. So what I'm revealing is, is that these aren't necessarily mysteries or you know degrees, but they can be degrees and mysteries because it's my thought being shared, my understanding and breaking down particular aspects of the lessons that, that the prophet has given us within our divine instructions. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these things are related directly right to our Quran, right to our lessons. So this is my understanding of certain aspects of our lessons that the prophet has given us. Islam. Islam. So when when we speak of mystery, because like one of the sayings I, I think is in the um, the resurrection book that the Mo Man, um, Sheikh Timothy Dingle Ill put together, that a mystery ceases to be a mystery once it is explained. And you explaining about the mystery in relationship to thought, right? Thought being the cause of it all. How, how can I put it like, how do, how, what's the difference between a mystery, if this makes any sense, the mystery and the secret? Is there a difference? That's a great question, brother. <laughs> I never really, I never really thought about that one because, you know, I always deal with secret and sacred, you know what I'm right. saying? But a, but a mystery is a mystery and a secret the same. Well, it depends because a secret that me and you know can be a mystery for somebody else to know what we know. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It could be a mystery. Um, a mystery could also be a secret Indeed. in a sense, I would believe. Yeah. Because if I hold something to myself, like for instance, Jesus is a mystery, right? True. But that Jesus is. is also a secret. There you have it. Yeah. And Jesus is also sacred. Yeah, absolutely sacred. That's right. So, that's a great question, man, because I think they could be synonymous. Right. But I believe that there can be a slight difference because yeah. a secret is shared between two people. In a, in a mystery, a mystery is something that is unknown. Right. right. Until it's known and it's only known when it's explained. But even though it may be explained, it still may not be understood. So therefore, if it's not understood, it's still not known. True, true. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, 
That that makes sense. And I'm glad we're speaking of that because, like you said, what could be a mystery to one person could be a secret to another, vice versa. And yet it still applies in how, what it means to one and what it may mean to another. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you, you know, we hear all this stuff about secret societies. We know the prophet came to remove the covers off all secret societies. And we, we deal with it. You said it yourself. You, when you first heard a prophet, Noble Drew Ali, you thought he was amazing. amazing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, because I went through that school. You know what I'm saying? I, I went through I went through that school. I got, you know, I went I went to the third degree. I'm a, I got a master, you know, I'm a master mason or whatever. I did it in 19, was that 96? I think it was 95, 96. You know what I'm saying? And this dude, this was, um, first we got with this cat named Clifford Hazel. Clifford Hazel. And then went right to print, went to the Prince Hall joint and went, went through Prince Hall and became a master mason, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, so with Maury Science, later on in my life, I saw certain things. So when I was going to other places, you know what I'm saying, sitting in other Moorish halls, you know, other other bodies and so on and so forth, I saw things that people were teaching as, you know what I'm saying, Moorish, you know what I'm saying, science, but it was Freemasonry. And I knew it because it's the same, you know, it's the same degrees that I went through. You know what I'm saying? When I went through the lodge, you know, so, you know, that began to show me certain things. And, you know, and I know what I know. So, you know, I see what I see. And. um, Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So. But, but, but you know what? Hold up, bro. But you think about this, though. If you think about a secret society, it's only a secret because of initiation. Now, you know, as well as I know, Prophet Muhammad made a statement, right? Peace be upon him. Prophet Muhammad said, I am the mountain. Yes. And Ali is the gate. Right. That's an initiatic statement. If if Muhammad is the mountain and Ali is the gate, well, how do you get to the mountain? Through the gate. How do you do that? It has to be initiation, right? You have to know something to get through the gate, right? Passwords, yeah. something. As a gatekeeper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, right. you got to know. You got to know something. So what I'm saying is that when we study the science of the prophets, mm -hmm. they all were initiates. Absolutely. See the real mis the real mystery is the is 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 in the initiations. Like that's where the science lies. It's in the initiate or the initiation. That that's where you get exposed and introduced to the mysteries. But man has initiation, but Allah Taala initiates too. See, Allah Taala appoints, anoints, and consecrates whom He will, and man does it on a lower level. Because man has been given a position too. Man is called Khalifa, successor, vicar. Yes. His job is to carry out the instructions from the creator, right? So right. therefore, even when you look at Prophet Muhammad and his flight into the heavens, he that was an initiation. He went to every plane. 
And there was there was there was words spoken between him and the prophets. There was things said to him by the angel Gabriel to him from him, so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? So Jesus went through initiation. So if the prophet said, This is just my thinking, it's only it's only for me, it's just it just makes sense to me. If the prophet said, I'm gonna pull the veil off of secret societies in some form or another, wouldn't he have to had something to do with them? How do you pull the veil off of something if you didn't have anything to do with it or, or know something about it so much so that you could expose it? Right. right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not saying he's a Mason or he was, but I'm saying in 1913, under the name of the Egyptian Adept, he wasn't the prophet until 1925. So what did where did he what did he do where did he go to make him an e Egyptian adder? Exactly. Did he actually physically go to Egypt at that time? But I mean, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen any records with his name on it going to Egypt. I, I did see the records for Cuba. So I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is that the initiated rites, even with us. It's all initiation. Even the membership is initiation. To proclaim your nationality is initiation. Right. It's bringing you into the higher folds of the, our divine creed of Islamism. You proclaim your nationality. You come in. You do. You study. You get invited to the adept chamber. You get the third heaven, a whole nother system. You understand what I mean? Everything that we deal with is on a science. Of initiation so like i said a law initiates as well man is a reflection and doing initiation is a reflection of a divine celestial science that is that that is that that is, that, is, that that is physically placed itself here by sign and symbolism from prime from primordial man you know what i'm saying so Signs and symbols have always been. Societies have always existed. Hunters, gatherers, so on and so forth. The warriors into hunting. You got a hunter society, but in that hunter society, you got warriors. They're in another higher society than the, than the rest of the other hunters. There's circles within circles. Indeed. We're sheiks. That's Indeed. a circle. Then there's members. Yep. That's a circle. There's governors, yeah, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely, you know what I mean? So, the Quran says, Allah exalts those in, in degrees whom He will. Degrees, yep. you know, Jesus said, I'm gonna sit in every hall of learning so that I may, that I may succor my brothers and sisters in need. Indeed. Let me take your hardest test, allow me into your chambers. Let me take your hardest test. Even our prophet, it was said. That he came out through the feet of the pyramid. He went through something. So what I'm saying is, is that. And I've been through different societies. You know what I'm saying? Different spiritual societies, esoteric societies. I've had many initiations and they bring you into higher mysteries. That's just what it is. This is how you enter into other what they call higher realms. You have to be taken through into these higher realms but once you get in it's up to you what you do with what you attain absolutely same thing with this 
more right. science. It's the same thing. Right. A the MST of A is it's a society. Yeah. Absolutely. A law confirms the title. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we got brother um Hanif 7G. He says secret is existence not known to those who exist as existence itself. Islam, Islam. We're gonna speak. You you broke down a lot about the aspect of thought. Um, you went into the aspect of that um add up. We're gonna speak on that as well. But before there, in chapter four of your book, you speak about meditation and thought. Um what is the importance of meditation? Meditation is the ability to receive. Um, it is important to meditate because meditation allows you to listen and to tune in to the divine that resides within you. You know what I'm saying? Allah has, Allah has deeply planted his potencies and attributes within each and every one of us. And Meditation allows us to get to speak face to face or meet face to face with our maker. Um, which is why the higher self is so important because you have a holy one within thee. And meditation is, allows you to go within. See, med meditation is not something that you do outside of yourself. It is something that you go within because that is where everything really exists. It's within. So. Meditation is very important and meditation is really truly actual thought. Meditation is true thought. Because thought builds your connection to your creator that resides within thee, even though it may as seem as if it's something greater outside of yourself. And there's forces at work that are outside of you, but the greatest force that is that work is within you. So that's why meditation is important because you get to meet your authentic self, which is a law. See, we, we know and understand that when man really searches for himself, he finds his maker and he realizes that he is his maker. He is, I am you. Right. It's a unity. It's a oneness. You know what I'm saying? And it's a bearing of witness that you are who made you because you are in the image and the likeness of your creator. And we ain't talking physical. Indeed, indeed. And, and that's important because you mentioned about the witness, you know, Shahada, you know, the bear witness. It, to witness something, there has to be a perception of it. If you witness a car accident, you had to see the car accident. If you were witness to a, a crime, you, you was there to perceive it. So, indeed. How do we bear witness to Allah without being able to see, <laughs> right? So it just makes sense. You know, it's not just a, a, a religious uh, decoration or formality. There's something within it that you, like you said, going within and seeing Allah within. So absolutely. absolutely. Indeed, it's, it's all, it's all mystical, it's mystical, brother. You know what I'm saying? But it's, 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 it's. It's much more than that, but that's what it is, and it has and it has significance because it works. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It works. Right. Absolutely. 
and, and you and I have talked um, about a lot of things you, you've been able to do. Um, you, you've had some experience with the Sufi, Sufism and things of that nature. Um, and it kind of goes in line with what we're just speaking about. Speaking about what works, um, the mysticism and things of that nature. What is, for those who, who may be kind of dismissive and things of that nature, how would you explain that to someone in the context of how there's a reality with, with this mystical side or, or spiritual side, whatever term you want to use? How would you explain that to someone who may be clearly just more dogmatic or more just kind of like ritualistic in their approach to whatever it is? It's particularly our way of life as more American Muslims. Well, you know, when you study the history of our people, you know, saying, you know, the prophet even said it in the book. You know, what I mean, we are a superstitious people. So therefore, we have a history with superstition. We have a history with certain things such as hoodoo or working roots or doing certain things anyway. So, you know what I mean, we have these things in our past and our families and so on and so forth. But religion has kind of tainted what those things really were and what they really meant, and what they really are. Therefore, we have become overly suspicious of anything that's not religious or that doesn't have a particular tie to, you know, to a religious dogmatic principle. So dealing with the mystical aspects and the mystical side of it, you know what I mean? What you're dealing with, like, it's just like a car. You know what I'm saying? Certain words, certain mantras, certain zikers, certain chants, certain visualizations, those are keys. You are it, it, you are the you are the car with the ignition attached to it with the engine in it and so on and so forth and the words and the things that you're utilizing you know what i'm saying is the key and when you begin to utilize them it turns on the car which is you islam islam absolutely so that that kind of brings it in, in a real real plain plain way where you said being the car you have to be able to click on the ignition you have to turn it on you know, say, you know, even referring to what um, one of the sayings that reported the prophet said, I mended the broken wire and connected it to the higher powers. So once you connect it, you still got to turn on the juice. You know yep. what I'm saying? You still have to generate it. And that's right. And that's one thing um, I've always been mindful to, to push, you know, when I, when I teach is that this is something that we have to apply. It's, it's one thing to hear it. Is one thing for somebody to read from the Holy Quran and more science temple of America is one thing to go to meetings. It's another thing to take these lessons. I said, take these lessons and use it. There's a use, there's, there's work and it, and it's internal. And, Facts. and, and we for have instance, yes. chapter one. Yes. I demonstrated chapter one to my children. Son. You know what I'm saying? Chapter one is an incantation. You know what I'm saying? It, it's 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 a talisman. It's an incantation. It's an invocation. It's a lot of things. Because as soon as you see, hear me now, ye thunder, ye lightning, and so on and so forth, you're, you're hearing someone speak to the ethers and speak to the elements, meaning that who's ever speaking to these elements and ethers has a con control over them, is able to use them, to apply them. You understand what I'm saying? So chapter one is more than just a read. It is an application. You understand what I'm saying? So I made it rain. I made the wind come up. I made it come down. I made the wind speed. I, 
my daughter can bear witness she filmed it. You understand what I mean? So this is just something that when you in tune, you are able to demonstrate. You know what I'm saying? And it was said that at one time the old Moors was able to go outside and make it rain. You know what I mean? So I feel I feel if that's if that's true, you know what I mean, which I believe, because I, I do it. I've done it. So and other Muslims and Muslims have done it. The Quran has a prayer for rain. You understand what I'm saying? It, it, it has the Quran has prayer like it, like I said, you can do a lot of things when you when you when you understand that you are able to integrate and mix these things because this is the uniting of Islam. The Prophet is giving the Prophet Noble Ali is giving us the true and authentic Islam that came from Prophet Muhammad because his family was murdered. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, You can only learn Islam from me and my family. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the, that wasn't the companions in the Sahabas. That wasn't his family. You understand what I'm saying? His family was the Alu Bayt, his immediate family. That wasn't Aisha. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't none of them. It was Fatima, Ali, him, Hassan and Hussein. That was his family, his immediate family. And they were all murdered. So what do you think type of Islam or El-Islam, what do you think that is? The prophet asked us a question. Is this the new or is or is, or is this the old time religion? What, what do he mean new? What is new? What is he asking us? Is he making a distinction between El-Islam and what we had, because he just says no. Right. Or could it just be a general, just, or is he just using it in general? No. Is it new or is it old? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. so it could be, that could be deduced, that that could be interpreted numerous ways. Yeah. But he also said they're teaching mumbo jumbo over there. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, that's something that he said as well. And I can see him saying that because of what we, as Moorish Americans know and understand, and what we have been taught, you know what I'm saying? So, in everything that I've learned, the Prophet Noble Juali have made me internalize everything. He said, Every word I speak is spirit. So, you more take heed. So, therefore, everything that I've learned, I know and understand from the Prophet that it has a duality to it. It has a spiritual, esoteric side, and then it has a secular side. Indeed, Islam. Islam. Absolutely. So that I want to take us to I'm going to read a part of your book to deal with the the aspect of Adam because you went into that. So I'm going to read this. It's on page 29. It says, let us examine the meaning of Adam, which is very skilled or proficient at something. A word synonymous would be master. The adept is skilled at something, a true master of his, her craft. Man has to become a master to build up the temple, and the craftsman needs tools that will enable him, her, to demonstrate their proficiency in their own personal carpenter's work. Chapter 5 of the Moorish Holy Quran, Circle 7, speaks of the workshop of the mind where Certain tools are kept that aids man in the exercising of thought to build up the character of the perfected man. So I want to ask you this, how from here, and we're speaking about a lot of things, you know, we should be able to do or should strive to do, strive to have the ability to do, raising ourselves back to the highest plane of life. 
uh, with his father, God, a lot. How does one start to become adept in the workshop of the mind? Well, in order, an adept, first of all, like I said, is one who's skilled, as you read. The prophet Noble Jali said, well, it is said that his footprints are clearly cut, that he left his, his, his footprints. And they're clearly cut, and those who know better will follow those prints and go that way. Well, I see the footprints as our divine constitution and bylaws, our Moorish Holy Quran, and our 101s. That's what I see the footprints as. And if you master your footprints, if you can walk in those footprints, you understand what I mean? And you master those footprints and you become proficient in walking in those footprints, then to me, because these footprints are the footprints of mastery. And these lessons are at a high degree. The Moorish Holy Quran is this, what is this, how is it said? It is the, the secrets of the Magi in the book, uh, the, the secrets of the ages and so on and so forth. So the book itself prepares one to be a master. Our footprints or his footprints can prepares you to be a master so you can come out of Sunday school as a guider of the nation. But the reality is, is that an adept and to be welcome to the adept chamber or to enter into third heaven, you must be adept already to even enter because there's a qualification principle for you to enter into the adept chamber. You know what I'm saying? So therefore you must already be adept at something. And what is that? Those three footprints. In order to be a good Moorish leader, you must master those three footprints. That's where it starts. And to eat and become the embodiment of the book. Not just to read it, but to embody it, to become the message that you bring, to become the circle seven. That's the meaning. We're told that our that our that our meetings must be open according to the circle seven in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Well, is it saying that the meeting must be open according to the book in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice? Or is it saying that the, the, the meeting must be open according to Jesus in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice? Because see, Jesus was the circle seven or given those signs and symbols. So man must be Jesus. He must raise himself above the cares of the world and open up this meeting in the form of Jesus. Our job is to become Jesus. That's our job. Right. You know what I'm saying? That shouldn't be a mystery. No shit. But it may be a mystery. You understand what I'm saying? Because what is Jesus? Jesus is justice. Yes. Right? Right. Absolutely. Jesus is many things. Many titles was put on that. But we understand from our from the Moorish perspective of what Jesus is. He saved the Israelites from the iron-handed oppression of the pale-skinned nations of Rome, who was governing a portion of Palestine at that particular time, right? Right. So his job was redemption. His job was salvation. His job was to redeem his people. That's our job, too. Indeed. Indeed. So you, you speak about embodiment, because I, I understood that when, we, when we're at up for something, it's not just reading it. It's not just memorizing it. It's to embody it. 
And I, I, when I say this, I think you may agree with me. There are many of our brothers and sisters in this movement who may not, okay, may be challenged in that way. Or, they, or I should say challenged in it. Like, you get what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah. In, embody, in the embodiment part. Right. Of that. What would you say um, as, as conventional wisdom, what worked for you to be able to go on that path of embodiment of these lessons? I got, I got, I got past belief. It became more than belief. It's never really been belief. My whole life has been a travel, a journey. You understand what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, and questions are very important, which is why the prophet gave us 101 questions. Questions are very important because questions lead to answers and questions lead you. The first five letters of question is quest. It spells the word quest. Right. And a quest is a journey, a trip. You know what I'm saying? So a question, when asked properly, the answer that's given to you should inspire you to begin to take a quest for further understanding. Indeed. This is why we ask questions. Now, sometimes some people are content with not knowing. Why? Because with, with knowing comes responsibility and accountability. Mm. So some people choose consciously right. Right. not to embody the principles. You know what I'm saying? Because discipline and obedience is a hard thing. We have many people who act accordingly, but may, but, but may not be living fully as they should. I'm at fault with that. You know what I'm saying? I have my own shortcomings as well. I'm always working on myself. This is why I said I'm continuously on a journey. Nothing stops. Because I've made certain attainments. I continue to quest. I continue on the journey to learn and so on and so forth. See, I'm not a master teacher. I'm a master student. I'm here put on the planet to learn, to acquire, to achieve, to gain a a supreme understanding of life, period. In all things that are inquested or entrusted to me in life from Allah to Allah. You know what I'm saying? I have a job. So my job is just to fulfill my job. Right. And more science is a part of that. You understand what I mean? Writing books and things of that nature, speaking and so on and so forth. It's a part of that. You know what I mean? Talking about and helping others understand that the mystic aspects of Islam is, is a law at work. This is where you are understanding why you're praying. You understand what I mean? For instance, people people used to laugh at me because of the sajida mark on my forehead, because of that mark right there. They used to laugh, a lot of Moors laugh, and call me a head bumper. And saying, brother, why are you praying outside yourself and so on and so forth? But they don't understand the science of why we make salat. You understand what I mean? This is a high, this is high. They don't understand this because they're only coming from a general place, right? The purpose of salat. Remember, man is not his body. Man is not his body. So when a man is making salat, he is making the body or the shaitan submit to the Allah that resides within. 
This is why when a man says to himself, I'm about to go pray, another part of you say, nah, man, go ahead and finish watching that movie. Nah, man, go ahead and make that food you was about to cook. Nah, man, go ahead and continue to read that book. No, no. Or, nah, man, go call such and such. You get a distraction on purpose. That's your shaitan at work. It's a whisperer. It makes suggestions. The prophet called it the lower self. You know what I'm saying? And it breathes. In El Quran, the Quran talks about it as the nafs. But yeah. the prophet made it easy. He just said the lower self, and it breeds slander, lewdness, theft, murder, hatred, everything that harms. He made it easy for us. Al-Islam talks about the nafs, and it gives you seven levels and all this other stuff. The prophet said, no, nah, it's just the lower self. Right. And that you are the father of it. Because it came with thee. You know what I'm saying? Just right. like misery and other things, because misery and all that is an aspect of the body. The, remember, the body has its own carnal nature that will become a foe to man. Become his enemy on purpose. Indeed. Islam? Islam. Islam. Yeah, that's self-accusing spirit. The self-accusing self the Absolutely. Yeah, that, that speaks of it. And the prophet brought it so simple. Like you said, lower self, your two selves, higher self and lower self. I was killing in Africa with that, B. I was killing them. <laughs> they they couldn't mess with you when you hit them with that. They couldn't, man. They couldn't. They couldn't understand it. And I was using every time. Every time I hit them, I just go right back to the Quran. Wow, just hit them with something. Just right. I was killing them. Indeed, indeed. Praise Allah. Praise Allah. So I got one more question that I have for my list of questions, and um, I did before I do that. We got. Let's think podcast that's my brother sheik seven islam ill he said islam Shalom, sheik sheiks shim ill and sheik billy denim ill praise allah honors and gratitude pardon my tardiness his brother sheik seven islam and islam more Islam. that's my brother right there islam yes sir yes sir that's a good more right there man yeah. strong brother strong absolutely. brother absolutely so i want to just bring this to my last question and then we can um kind of wrap it up you have a chapter i think the seventh chapter on this book about the 12 disciples of 12 disciplines and i was like oh man he he dropped it on there let me just say this she one thing i can i can i can recognize and give honor to as someone who's an author myself is when I see when Moors tap into that aspect of higher sciences, you know, that's not spoken about a lot. Because I, I even tapped into it a little bit in one of my books, but you dedicated a whole chapter to it. So can you elaborate on that with the 12 disciples, 12 disciplines? Well, bro, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never read that. I've, I wrote that book. I've never read it. Oh wow! So that was just channel, bro. I, I I've never read none of my books. Wow! This is what I mean. They just come. Yeah. I just yeah. the brother the, ask Sheikha Lindy L, bro. I wrote the book. You know what I'm saying? Actually, I'm gonna tell you something. That book right there was actually written for the 2018 convention in Baltimore, and it wasn't even a book. It was it was it was it was typewritten. I had it I had it in I had it in 
a brown paper joint. I was I was handing it out. I was just I was just sharing it with people. Here, take this, read it, read it. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was taking them. So then later on in 2020, I just uploaded the, uh, a Sheikah Lindy Hill, and you know I found it again, and, and, and he he uploaded. I didn't even read. It. I just uploaded it to him, and, and he and he published it. Put the cover. I sent him a picture for a cover, whatever. He published it. You know what I'm saying? But I can tell you that the 12 disciples, if I'm not mistaken, I think that has something to do with the um, 12 step ladder or the 12 disciplines, which was, you know what I mean? Obedience, temperance, and so on and so forth. Am I correct? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, that's, that, that was kind of, I was breaking that kind of down in, in, in a couple of different ways because it's very esoteric as well. Yes. Because if you know the science of the 12 disciples, you know what I mean? You know, Jesus and the 12 disciples and so on and so forth, and then the 12 disciplines. But I'm yes. calling these these disciplines, these maxims of truth, these 12 steps. Yes. As disciples. You know what I'm saying? Of the ultimate truth. Right. Of Allah to Allah. These are the virtues of Allah. These are his virtues. These are his disciplines. These are his if if you if you if you utilize these disciplines, you know what I'm saying, it's gonna enhance your life. Remember when Jesus was on the twelve step ladder? Yes. It told you the tools he had in his hand, yes. right? He had a compass and an axe, right? Right. And he was on the twelve step ladder, right? Yeah. But where on the where was he at on the ladder? Which rung was he standing on? Was he on the second rung, the sixth rung, the fifth rung? Was he, you know what I'm saying? So there's 12 yeah. rungs, right? So symbolically, esoterically, which rung would he have been standing on? Because we know the compass is for the circumscribing of passions. Mm -hmm. The axe is to cut away the ungainly parts. And then you got these virtues. What virtues are relating to the circumscribing of passions and the cutting away of the ungainly parts? What virtues relate to that? Or which one of those 12 maxims of truth have a semblance to something to do with that compass or that axe. Right. You see what I mean? Right. This right. is just something that I thought, that I think of. I'm not saying that this is what it's supposed to be, but this is how I think. Right. Which is where higher, where higher thoughts come, because I'm thinking now on a, on a higher level. Yeah. The way I'm thinking. It's not just a regular thought. Okay, because we are we read all the time. How many people have said, "Well, you know what? Jesus is on the ladder with these two tools. What 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 ring is he? What ring is he standing on? Where's his left foot and where's his right foot? Is he is his is his left foot on the fifth rung and his you know his his right foot on the second one? You know what I mean? Or is he or are his both or are 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 both of his feet on the fourth rung? You, you see what I mean? Indeed. So when he saw him, was he in the middle of the ladder? Was he at the bottom going up the ladder? Or was he at the very top of the ladder? Absolutely. And in, and in building the Temple of Perfected Man, what level was he at that he had to use the tools? Because every tool can't be used for every part of the... Nah, you, nah see? Exactly. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Right. That's, that's how we think, bro. Right. That's a science. That's a scientist. That's a scientific way of thinking about these lessons. Absolutely. You take them further. Anytime you see anything about Jesus in our lessons and anything he's doing, examine what he's doing deeper, more deeper than what you're reading about that he's doing at that moment. Right. You know, examine it even more deeper. Indeed. Because there's something else in the in 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 the statement. Is something else there? Right. It always is. Indeed. 
we have to dig deeper below the surface. That's right. That's right. To get, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, she. Yeah, yeah, she. We we gotta dig deeper. And 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 praise Allah for you, what you're doing with this, what you're doing with your writings, your book, you know, coming on this podcast. Definitely, I appreciate you being here. Um, let me go ahead here. I have your your link in the description, but let me go ahead. Um, again, he's on Lulu. Mm -hmm. um, you can get his books there. In addition to that, um, any final uh, words or any statements you want to just share with the people? Um, just praise all praises due to Allah Ta'ala and our holy divine prophet, noble Juali, all honest to him. Um, honest to each and every one of you. Uplifting fallen humanity, honest to fallen humanity, honest to humanity. Remember, we we are fallen humanity. Regardless of our nationality, regardless of that we've proclaimed our nationality, regardless of that we wear feathers and we know who we are, we are still amongst the lost and the found. And it is our job to help our people and to redeem them. On the highways and the byways, you just can't stay behind the four walls. You have to be on the highways and the byways. That is a necessary requirement. It is the prophet said it to us. Go to the highways and the byways and redeem man from his sinful and fallen ways. That's our job. We need Morris Dawah. We need to be in the blocks. We need to be going door to door like Jehovah Witnesses. We need our own Dawah system. We need to be outside propagating the faith. Propagating. You know what I'm saying? Extending the truth and the learning of the great prophet of Ali here in America. By being the message that we bring, we have to demonstrate this message. You understand what I mean? Because nobody else can do it but us. We have to become more proficient. We have to create and do things that are going to make us and benefit us. Not only just us, but all of humanity. This is not just about us. This is about humanity. The more is fed the world. We have to do it again. With that being said, I'm going to say peace and love. I'm, I would like to also give a great honors and a great shout out to my brother right here, Sheikh Shamil, for having me on the show, for thinking about me and allowing me to come in. You know what I mean? I give props to the youngsters, man. Y'all y'all doing your thing. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm an old man around here now, man. You know what I mean? I'm just sitting in the back, just watching y'all take take the lead and do it. And I'm here for counsel, wise counsel. You know what I'm saying? And, you know. I still get, I can still get a little dirty if I have to. So if y'all need me out, you know, if y'all need me, you know, I'm around. But I'm always outside. That's where, that's where I'll be. Islam, where you can find Islam, Sheik. I appreciate you, brother. Gratitude once again. Honest to you. Honest Thank you, brother. Everyone, absolutely. Honest to everyone who's attended this, um, this live stream. And with that, peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Thank you, brother. Thank you.